Hi, I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And we are the founders of SeekPurposeNow.com. Seek Purpose is a community platform where we can come together and share and grow through our stories, struggles, and victories. But I do have a question is what were the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome in your life so far? Oh, wow. Obstacles. That's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just pick one. (laughs) Just joking. Just a couple. (laughs) Um, obstacles. You know, I think it was just coming to terms with being okay with who I am, being the real authentic Stephanie. You know, I had a really hard time accepting who I was my whole life because I thought I had to be like this picture perfect someone. I don't know who it was, but I thought I had to be like a perfect everything in my life. And so once, you know, as I got older and, you know, I started to change and, you know, as you get older, you change and you go through life. Um, You know, I started to realize that it's okay to accept my flaws. I could not accept my flaws or any of the defects that I had in my life. Um, uh, because I just wasn't fully there when I was like in my mid-20s. Um, I was still experiencing life. Um, but now that I've turned 30, I feel like everything sort of like changed for me. Where I've started to now come to this realization that like, well, like, like whatever, like life happens. Um, and I just kind of have to roll with it. And like, whatever happens, happens. Um, you know, that's kind of been like one of the big obstacles in my life was just accepting who I was. Um, all my friends and my family could accept me for who I was, but I, but for some reason. <laughs> You're the last one on the boat? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can relate to that 100%. I'm the, it's like, I'm the last person in the bar, the lights are off, and I'm still, still confused with what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just, I feel like as I gotten older, I've, I've noticed that I'm starting to learn more about me and that I'm, I'm actually just showing up to life now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas like before in my 20s, I was just like a squirrel going 100 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Connor? Myself on a daily basis. <laughs> um, Common thread here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know really how to expand on it, but it seems like every day... There's something else about myself that's holding me, that's putting a wall up between my ideal life, mm-hmm. right? I, I am my own biggest obstacle in life. Um, I think one of the big things for me in my early, or like when I turned 19, 20, around there, was realizing that my sexuality wasn't my identity. Mm-hmm. Realizing that just because I'm a gay man, it doesn't mean that that's that's all of me, right? Like I kind of relate it to a pie chart. Like you, you look at that pie chart. Well, forty percent of it isn't gay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I may be really fucking gay, but but you know, it's just a sliver, right? There's so much. There's so much more there. There's there's so much more to that pie. Like there's a beautiful golden crust and nice blueberries from the farm. And and he singled. <laughs> Sorry. I am single. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking applications. <laughs> but um, 
yeah like just getting out of my own damn way right mm-hmm. like so much shit that goes on in this head that prevents me from from being the ideal person mm-hmm. that i that i need to be like th- today what i struggle with is getting out of bed like and showing up to life like mm. I still I sleep in until the very last moment <laughs> until I have to get up and then it's like oh my god I need to make a double shot espresso do my hair take a shower do this do that and leave the house and it's like you know I, I read this book when I was in Thailand called The Morning Miracle and mm. uh, I did it for I did it for two months and it changed my life and I I, le- I gave the book to a friend and I'm like fuck I need that book back <laughs> I need, to, I need to read that again. It talks about getting up at five in the morning and the, you've got your life savers, S-A-V-E-R-S. So uh, first thing is silence. Next thing is affirmations, uh, visualizations, uh, exercise, and scribing, which is writing, so mm, journaling. Oh. And you do all those things in the first hour of your day and it just like charges you and it makes you feel amazing. And Wow. I'm wow. start doing that again. There's a free takeaway. It, yeah. it helps me get out of my own damn way. And you don't even have to yes. read the book. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Say that again. Repeat yeah. that. That'd, that'd be $39.99. Okay. <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, tap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, going back to what you're talking about, Connor, about the sexuality thing. Um, a lot of times, like when I was coming out, people used to be like, oh, do you know Cindy? She's a lesbian too. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know yeah. her. I think I just did that to you today in the car, right? Yeah. You know what's shocking? It, it's like I get it. Like straight people, they're straight people. They're not. They're not trying to offend us, but we hear that so often. And like they have the honest intentions. Like, oh my gosh, you're gay. I know a gay person too. It's like some it's like we're yeah. a weird. It's like we're a weird breed of six-legged dog that you only find once in a blue moon. It's like no, there's there's quite a few of us out there. Like, do you find um, them trying to like prove that they're okay with gayness? Like they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah my coworker's gay totally, and my yeah, cousin yeah. on this. Oh, yeah. I, I totally. have no problem with gay people. Oh, like, you're I'm gay. Okay. I have lots of gay friends. Yeah. Do you, bitch? Let's see your Facebook. <laughs> Oh, gay's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. It just it it's such a small community. Like it's like everything. It's like my work is a small community. It's like everybody knows everybody, so they just they automatically assume like with good intentions, but they assume that because you're gay, like you automatically know everybody in the mm. gay community. Oh. <laughs> that may be true with certain groups. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. what you said about like gay is not your entire identity because that is mm-hmm. never something I had to struggle with. Like I never had to go, oh, I'm straight. So I have to dress a certain way and act a certain yeah. way to fit yeah. in with these people. And this is my identity and my community. And my do you know everything. that I know a straight person too? <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you know Dolly? <laughs> yeah. Like that's never been a struggle yeah. of mine. But you talked um, about it a bit. Like when you first came out, like you're like, oh, I'm gonna, you're dressed in heels and you're like jumping yeah. straight in, like all into the community but what if like there's probably someone out there that's sitting there it's like well i don't act like that i don't sound like that i don't want to dress like a girl mm. but i like men yeah we got some butch gays right yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. actually there's some hot man you want know what was so disappointing for me as a woman who really liked penis was <laughs> <laughs> Is it Rick, Ricky, you know, the, the libido, what is his name? Ricky, Ricky Martin. Martin. Ricky Martin. Oh, yeah. I was mortified. I'm just like, no, no. Yeah. Like that, what happened to 
my dreams now. Like oh. it didn't, they just changed. Well, imagine being, it. imagine being a gay man oh, and yes. having all the st- hot straight men in media and having your dreams crushed. Oh, right? this is true. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, it, yeah, now I was just, that was way back in the day and he mm. actually did a lot coming out i mean that was yeah. that was a lot of courage in in that time mm. for sure yeah, definitely. you know like i yeah. think we were all kind of like stephanie's dad that were like we knew yeah <laughs> those but hips don't lie <laughs> well, and, and ricky ricky martin now too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i actually yeah. i remember dancing to his music in my parents living room in their mm. first house in coquitlam as a young kid and then like what was it like five or six years ago he came out? Yeah. 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 He's got a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story. I have another question. Speaking of family, because we talked a lot about family mm-hmm. and we have a lot of listeners. Um, hopefully you're still listening. <laughs> Mom, what are you doing? I was just about to tell these people how they could get a freebie from our website. What's a freebie? Um, It's this awesome little thing you get into your inbox when you give us your email at www.seekpurposenow.com. www.seekpurposenow.com. That's right. So all you have to do is head over to www.seekpurposenow.com, go to the freebies section, type in your email, and you will get a little freebie sent right into your inbox. Do it right now. Don't wait. This is good stuff. Don't wait. Yeah, like how could you help families that are mm. dealing with someone that's coming out and what could they do better and what would you do better? Because um, I actually know Stephanie yeah. and she is starting a family. They're waiting for their, their sperm right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, Connor's available, isn't it? No, it's <laughs> At a price. At a price. <laughs> I actually, it's funnier. So we and we gay males, we have this app called Grinder. And uh, it was really weird. So about a year ago, I got this message from a lesbian couple. And they're looking for a sperm donor. I got this message one day. I'm at work. And it says, hi, we think you have really good genes. Would you be able to donate your sperm? And at first I laughed. I was like, oh, my God, that is hilarious. I'm very flattered. And I said this to them. And um, I considered it. And I was like, I don't know, like, what the legal stuff is around this. Mm-hmm. What if, it, you know, what's got my DNA? What if they don't want it? Something happens. But how interesting mm-hmm. for a a lesbian couple to go onto mm-hmm. a gay men's dating site and seek <laughs> sperm? their sperm like i mean like you've come wow. to the right place yes <laughs> it's like tinder for sperm <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 man like, i should have thought of that spending like three thousand dollars on yeah, sperm it's the, it go. is like the you know like the budget sperm donor yep. place to go to you know right? what i actually heard of which is like i think is the way the world needs to work is like lesbian couples and gay couples coming together yeah. and all parenting a child together like four parents one child it's like everyone gets a weekend free. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like one parent, three children. Well, I'm two parents technically. Well, yeah. okay, I'm gonna count my husband as a child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Me one too. parent, four children, and it's yeah. like I am in the ground. I was actually telling Stephanie, I'm like, I almost become a lesbian so that I could share breastfeeding duty. Because <laughs> 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 it is exhausting. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh my goodness. Yeah, thinking about families like. You know, I'm always, I think I always am going to have this fear, like, what if I bring, bring out my child wrong? What if they do this? Like, I honestly, I can't stop them. They're, they're, they're they have their own journey mm-hmm. and that's what they're going to do. 
Um, you know, I think as far as support, it's just supporting your child. Like if no matter what, if they become straight or not, just supporting whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't get that much support um going through, you know, my coming out phase or my coming out story. Um and so I think it just um, you know, both having me and Lisa both be same sex um partners, um you know, I think I'm always going to have the fear, well, what if my child gets picked on at school for having two moms? Mm. But then I think about it now, there's a lot of there's a lot of same-sex parents yeah. now that are bringing their kids up in school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, that might not be uh, yeah. necessarily the same story for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nowadays it's it's mm-hmm. uh, there is, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so beautiful about it, right? And that's why my question goes back to, how is a school uh, working with that on on the inside, yeah. so to mm-hmm. speak, right? Of being able to get that education and and um, yeah, because everybody has something. You know, my daughter was special needs, and mm-hmm. my son had to go through things um, at school. Having you know the he used to get you know bullied because of his sister and people not understanding. And so mm-hmm. there's always something that you kind of um, children just gravitate towards negativity. You know, mm-hmm. I think just trying to raise our communities into positivity and, um, you know, and love yeah. can, can really help. I have a really funny story from high school actually oh. about this. <laughs> My best friend in high school was a lesbian and I'm saying was, and I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I hope she doesn't mind me telling the story. I'm not going to tell her name, so it's fine. Yeah. Anyways, both of her parents were gay as well. And so she just assumed she was gay her whole life. And then one day she started dating this guy. And, well, she wasn't even dating him, but they, like, hooked up or whatever. And she's, like, bawling her eyes out in the closet. I'm like, what is going on? Are you okay? She's like, I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> and she was oh so upset. <laughs> what a great story. Oh. And it was like, That's I, hilarious. it's going to be okay. <laughs> So she did come out to me. I feel like this entered a parallel universe. Right? Oh my god, that's really cool. Wow, I yeah. thought he like hurt her or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for your friend, but that's really funny. Yeah, that that, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring up the other topic we talked about earlier, which um, is about spirituality and mm-hmm. faith and religion, mm-hmm. and maybe share a little bit about that journey for mm-hmm. each of you and what that means mm-hmm. and where that sits for you today. Yeah. Um, so spirituality, religion, faith, all those words scared the shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> still, there's still like a bit of a negative, uh, like, like there's this mm, to it. Like it, I get this pit me. It's like, oh, there's something repulsive about that. Um, and I don't really know where that came from. Um, you know, I remember going to Sunday school a few times as a kid and getting involved with the church and um stuff like that but i i think where i think where it did come from was just the stuff you see in media about how like religion causes war and does this and you know you hear about muslims and you hear about catholics and christians and you hear about extremists right like because mm-hmm. the news is all about the extremists and you know c- can we make a story out of this and that was kind of my interpretation of that right like the religious nut Mm. right and i didn't want to be like that so religion wasn't for me god wasn't real um yeah Mm. screw that um (laughs) and i even there's this documentary i think it's still on 
uh, Netflix. It's called The Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, if you have the time to watch it, again, it's What's called, it called The Zeitgeist. Z-E-I-G-I-E-S-T. Mm. Uh, really interesting. And I wouldn't really go into depth right now because I could talk for hours about it, but mm-hmm. go and watch it. Mm. Um, and that really solidified my idea that there wasn't a God and he didn't exist it he whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and uh yeah but then i you know through my struggles in life um with addiction and um you know my alcoholism and all, all this stuff like I, I was introduced to a spiritual program and you know one of the one of the parts in it was uh coming to believe in a power greater than myself and i was told that i could choose my own conception of what that higher power was it didn't have to belong to a certain religious institution it didn't have to be your belief it didn't have to be anybody's belief but my own right Mm. and um i came to understand that through the struggles in my life there was something other than myself that was keeping me in in this world yeah, let's just say there's been there's been times in my life where there's been unexplainable circumstances where I've come out alive or the best possible situation could have happened for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I came to believe um, in, a, in a higher power or God or whatever you want to call it. The, the way that I define God simply is good orderly direction. And how do I seek that? I seek that not in myself, because like I said earlier, I'm in, I'm the only person in my way, right? So how mm-hmm. do I get out of my way? I seek the good orderly direction of others. Mm-hmm. And God may speak through uh, you or, you know, Suzanne, or it may speak through anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's up to me whether or not I follow that good orderly direction or I say, screw it, going to do my own way. And then <laughs> end up, I end up getting hurt in the end anyways. So um yeah that's kind of where i'm at right now i would if i were to put a label on myself i would call myself a spiritual person i have spirituality in my life today and i just so happen to believe in a power greater than myself Mm, that's beautiful that's cool there's Mm -hmm. something i heard recently that was like for people that were struggling with this whole higher power idea it was like does the sun come up in the morning like yeah did you do that no well isn't there something bigger than you that's making the sun come up in the morning And it's, and it's interesting yeah. you say that because going back to that documentary I was talking about, The Zeitgeist, um, it talks about how every organized religion actually is based around the sun. If you go back yeah, and, I did watch that. I've seen yeah. that documentary. Mm-hmm. That's so it's kind well, of interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little God shot all, there. <laughs> you all based that around up. the sun in yeah. constellations. Okay. No. Staff. Um, spirituality for me. So I never believed in God, anything religious when I was growing up. Um, My parents didn't really force church on me, but I decided to go and check out church for like a couple months when I was like 12 years old. I was like, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to see who this Jesus person is. (laughs) So I would go every Sunday with my friend because I was like, well, maybe I need to go. And then I stopped going because I was like, no, church isn't for me. I don't believe in God. Um, I always thought God was like this bad person who put bad things in my life. I was like, no, I can't trust that God. Is that what you heard? Sorry for interrupting. Is that what you heard when you went to church? Is that like you derived that 
concept? Was that through that experience of going to Sunday school or hearing from other um, people? I think it was just from hearing other people that are influenced in my life that God is bad. You shouldn't trust him. Mm-hmm. So I think that day it got stuck in my head um, mm-hmm. as a young teenager that I, I shouldn't believe in this mm-hmm. uh, and that, that there is no God. Um, so that's how I grew up most of my life. Um, and, you know, same with Connor. You know, it wasn't until I came through some struggles in my life. Um, addiction as well. Um, addiction runs in my family. Um, you know, and I followed a spiritual program. And one of the words, one of the things on it was God. And so I immediately went into, like, fear and panic. I was like, no, 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 I, I can't Your do this. Your stomach clench up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start sweating. <laughs> um, but then someone was like, well, why don't you make it your own conception of your higher power? It doesn't have to be a G-O-D, the religious God. Um, but, yeah, it can be good orderly directions. Somebody said, God, the other way is dog. Dog is God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to look at my dogs again the same. (laughs) Good think of your dogs as higher power. (laughs) You'd be sitting there on a late night and be like, are you God? (laughs) Um, But then one of the things on it is prayer and meditation. And so I started to incorporate that into my life every day as my everyday thing. So now every day when I get up, I I pray to my higher power and I meditate for at least five to ten minutes. To, um, and then I'm like, God, give, give me a message of something. And I don't know what kind of message I get from God, but it just, it starts my day. That's how, that's how I start my day and that's how I stay, that's how I stay connected um, with my higher power. I notice a big difference when I do not meditate and I do not um, yeah. pray to my higher power. Again. It's like everything is going wrong and I don't know why until I'm like, oh, I didn't meditate today and I yeah. didn't make a connection with my higher <laughs> power. And then it's like I have to take a step back. I'm like, okay, okay, higher power. Yeah. Yeah, meditation is pretty powerful. If you're a fan of this podcast, we know you've heard us talk about Uplift Wellness. They are certainly building bridges, aren't they? Offering mobile services to your door for counseling. Can you believe that? If you are suffering, struggling, or need support or advocacy, you need to get in touch with Uplift Wellness today. You have to go to this website. It's www.upliftwellness.ca. That's lift with a Y, upliftwellness.ca. I actually I had the opportunity to go on a 10-day silent meditation retreat to Vipassana. And you're saying, ooh, right now. But when you sit in meditation in silence for 10 days straight, 10 hours a day, it's not ooh, it's ow. (laughs) (laughs) You sit there and you're butt hurts and you're not allowed to run or you're not allowed to stretch certain ways and your feet can't face this way and it's um yeah i won't go too much into the the pains of it but um learning that technique and and how to meditate really um it gave me a better understanding of what meditation is because mm-hmm. for the longest time i thought like oh meditation like i'm gonna be the super zen person there's gonna be nothing going on in my mind i'm gonna come out and it's like a godly figure. Nothing's <laughs> going to phase me. I'm just going to have this shield of meditative 
bliss around me and that's, that's the complete opposite right like mm-hmm. uh, most of us have a monkey brain right like we have stuff going on in there right and um meditation isn't a tool for us to control that it's a it's a tool for us to be aware of that mm-hmm. right and with awareness comes that serenity mm-hmm. so meditation can be very uncomfortable much like exercising is mm-hmm. when i go and run on a treadmill I don't expect to feel blissful while I'm running on a damn treadmill, right? It's going to hurt. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to think I want to get off this thing. Why am I doing this anyways? I'm breathing so fast. Meditation is a lot of the same, right? It takes dedication. It takes hard work, persistence. um, But the benefits from it, you get afterwards, much like exercise, right? Um. And it's interesting, like I, I went to school for bodywork and massage and we, we learned about what happens when you exercise and you get these little tiny tears in your muscles and you actually don't gain any strength until you sleep. And those those tears are allowed to repair themselves. So when I relate that to meditation, we're becoming aware of all these tears in our mind. And then until we get to recover, then we reap the benefits of it. Mm. So through doing that, I've gained much a much better perspective of, of what meditation is. I wish I would take my own advice and meditate more often. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's really tough, but it's a great it's a great tool. We actually had a holistic nutritionist on that was talking about meditation, and she was saying like it's like jumping into a pool of water that's like cool. It doesn't take long to be refreshing and like refresh you. Yeah. So like just. Mm. it's so important i think especially yeah. today to get away from social media get away from everything yes. and just sit and be with yourself for a bit and just even five mm. ten minutes a day like you're saying Steph, mm-hmm. it can make a huge difference mm-hmm. i know it has totally when i listen to my own advice too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my first job actually in sobriety i've been sober for about two and a half years now mm-hmm. was working at a flotation therapy spa oh, where cool. they had sensory deprivation tanks and I don't know if you know what these are, but um, there's lots of stuff online about them now. Um, but there's basically a tank. It's got around, I don't know, uh, 11 inches of water. Mm-hmm. And in that water, there's a thousand pounds of Epsom salts melted in. Mm-hmm. And it basically makes the water very buoyant. So you're not touching the ground. Your full body supported by the water. It's heated to your skin temperature. There's no sound, no light, no noise. And you've got earplugs and you lay there in complete dark silence with your body suspended for... Depends on what location you go to, but mm-hmm. usually an hour and a half. And uh, it's an excellent meditation tool. Wow. Really cool. Like, you can access some pretty cool uh, states. What's in, the name of the tool. place? Um, so there's a place down, if you live in the area here mm-hmm. in, in Lower Mainland or in BC, there's a place on Lansdowne in mm-hmm. Coquitlam. Uh, it's called Cloud Nine Float Spa. Oh wow! And, so Cloud uh, Nine, if you're listening and yeah. you want to be a sponsor, yeah, <laughs> come on in. Yeah, come um, on in. yeah, they're they're great there. They they're actually cheaper than most of the the big uh, float spas. The mm-hmm. other the other company is called Float House, and they've got locations all over the place, but they charge like double. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely worth checking out. Awesome. My advice is don't go with expectations. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it go. Yes. I think we need Just to take a field trip, Suzanne. Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't touch your eyes while you're in the tank or else it'll burn because oh. of the salt. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that somebody said oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, they really were doing bad. flush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
going to the bathroom naked. I feel like we got really off topic. Yeah, I think, I, I, yeah. I think, I think we did too. Yeah, 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 I think we did. Um, yeah, but going back to topic, <laughs> because this is seeking purpose. Yeah. And um, it just seems like the common thread here is seeking purpose through identity. Um, and being, you know, for all of us to be able to embrace that, you know. Uh, but on the same note, is there something that you guys are really got a passion in? Like, what's what's your purpose in your lives right now? Um, I think, I think what I would like all the listeners to know is that for anybody who identifies like in the LGBTQ community. Um, and recovery as well you know it can be predominantly known as that a lot of people in that community are drinkers or drug users because that's all we know to hide um, who we are because we're so afraid to come out about our sexuality at least that what that's what it was for me and so that's why I drank and so and that that's how I made friends was in the in the in the community was just Relating to other people who were drinking, uh, but they're also struggling with their mm -hmm. identity. And then yeah. I came into recovery and it was like, I could not find a single person who is like in the LGBT community in recovery because it's, there wasn't many people mm -hmm. um, when I came into recovery that were, that were in recovery and also gay as well. Yeah. And so it was hard for me to connect with those people and then so some of my old friends were still out using and, and drinking and so I couldn't relate to them anymore um and so I had to I had to disassociate myself with them because it's just I couldn't relate to them and that that mm. was their lifestyle and I I had changed my lifestyle for the better because I didn't I didn't want to live that lifestyle anymore mm. I think the best thing that I could say is that you know if you are struggling with your identity there is support out there. There is support groups. There's so many support groups now for it. There's support groups for everything now. Um, and I think the message is that if you're struggling, just just reach out. Let people know that you're struggling because we're all struggling in this together. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to struggle alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What a great message. What about you, Connor? What was the question again? Oh, <laughs> what's your purpose? What's your purpose? What's purpose? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Um, you know what? That's something that I still struggle with today. Um, you know, when I when I first got my first group of gay friends, I vividly remember it. It was in this... Uh, I won't go too far into the story, but I was like 15 years old. I, I, I only had my one gay friend, Brandon. And then one night, somehow I ended up at this party in Yelltown in this crazy nice apartment. And I walk in, there's like 30 gay guys. And I'm like, oh my God, like what is going on here? <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of uh, drinking. There was a lot of drugs involved. Um, and from there, I was just kind of rocketed into this scene in the West End. And um, it was like a whole new life, right? Mm. Like for the longest time, I related being a gay man to that like oh okay this is what my people do right <laughs> <laughs> this is this yeah. is what my people do mm -hmm. my people drink my people do drugs and mm -hmm. uh everything that i've known about people who are alcoholic uh people who are addicts is a lie right um i 
you know, remember watching the show Intervention as a kid and seeing the crazy flailing junkie. Mm. Like, that's a lie. Like, look at these people. They're dressed nicely. They're having fun. Everybody's smiling. They got white teeth. <laughs> they got all their teeth. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, man, yeah, these are my people, right? And I really, really related my, my drinking and my drug use to who I was. So I think because of that conditioning that I, that I, um, that I got a, at a young age, um, I still struggle to find what my purpose is today. Mm. Um, and what I, what I really, I think a lot of people in our society, what they identify with is what they do for work, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of us in recovery are the same, where if we're going to do something, we're going to friggin' do it. Yeah, we haven't so even I launched out, it. Like, I, um, you know, I, I wanted to be the best server, right? The best mm. server, the best bartender, and make the most money. Well, I, I did that, right? And then I went to another restaurant, and being there for one year, moved my way all, all the way to the top, became partner of the year, made the most money, did this, did that, and, you know, that, that was my identity. And now I'm in a shift where I'm, I've gone into a new career, and I'm struggling a lot right now because I'm not good, right? I'm not good. I'm new. I don't know a lot. And I want it to be my identity, right? But, you know, I'm seeking some other, some other help. I'm seeing a, a mentor, a business mentor, and I'm, I'm trying to find out, like, you know, he, he told me a really interesting thing the first time we met. Um, his name's Michael. He's a great guy. Mm. Um, he said, why do you have to be passionate about what you do for work? Like, the, the word passion and love should not be intermingled with work um work is something that you do to do the things that you're passionate about in life mm. and right there i thought man like i've been doing it wrong like i don't need to love what i do for work i need to love my future partner i need to love what i do for other people i need to be passionate about my hobbies and my interests and the fact of the matter is i don't really have a lot of those right because i put a lot of my time and energy into work and money making rather than okay well what does connor want right mm -hmm. what does connor want mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of i guess my answer yeah it's awesome because yeah. that's what i love about you know how this higher being of mm -hmm. the sun rising came up with seek purpose you know because it is seek we, we are mm -hmm. all of us are continuing to seek mm -hmm. you know I, I i don't think we've had one guest here being really specific on my purpose is yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna grow up and be a doctor okay yeah. um like everybody changes right mm -hmm. and and uh you know that's what i love about the message that we're we're doing here today oh, sorry i thought we were on the seek penis show oh <laughs> don't get me going <laughs> oh, yeah. i think we have a new podcast idea yeah. Yeah, we do we do these guys are coming back will you guys come back absolutely oh, 100%, yeah. oh awesome yeah. awesome this was amazing i haven't had so much fun like ever <laughs> I, I you know i should i love all of you who have already been on uh as guests but yeah. i kind of have my favies <laughs> You know what? This could be a weekly thing. This could be a weekly yeah. thing. I think we are. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks a lot for coming. And I can't wait to see yeah. what's going to happen in our future. And we want you to be, continue to be a part of uh, this community. You guys are mm -hmm. just so valuable. Exciting. Thank you for being you know, so open. Yeah. God, yeah. God has a plan for you guys. Aww. Oh, I feel it. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your voices are really important, though. This was such mm -hmm. a great topic to cover. And and. I, I loved it. I really yeah. love this. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Cut. Cut. <laughs> the end.
is love. <laughs> I have to say that what is so sensational about this panel that we're just people sitting on the couch having mm -hmm. conversations about our journeys and our struggles and hearing both Connor and uh, Steph share their mm -hmm. struggles of what they've gone through. Um, I can't even imagine. I feel very privileged. Yeah. You know, I really feel privileged and, and uh, I, we know we need to hear more of these stories. For sure. I loved how they talked about like everyone assuming they know each other because you're in the LGBTQ community, right? Yeah. Like I never would have thought of that as a, as a issue before. Like this is why we have to have these conversations because it's just like, we just so ignorant to the fact that they're treated differently, even when we love them and we respect them and we don't think about it. Like there's little things we can do to just really be inclusive. Absolutely. And if you have a story, any story that you're struggling with, that you have had broken, you've had inspiration, you're hopeful, even if you're right in that battle, please reach out, mm -hmm. let us know, be brave. You know, every single person that's come on to this podcast so far has never, ever done this before. Yeah. Never. They're like freaking out going, what's going on? Mm -hmm. What do I expect? And we're just having a conversation, you know, and uh, we really want to hear from you. So absolutely. Give us a message and keep listening and sharing and let's get the community growing stronger.